0: All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. Welcome. Welcome. Let's do some
1: housekeeping. Uh, first off, if you're first time you're tuning in, uh, whether video or, or on the podcast video, we're still getting used to this. And we have, we have faces for podcasts. Sam, <laughs> I, I, I was noting before we started recording, in the early days of our podcast, we would bring out, bring out some, some bourbon or some, uh, or some beers. And yeah. now I think you're sipping water. I'm sipping some, some sleepy time tea right here <laughs> or some honey dripped in. How,
0: how time it changed. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. these bags under my eyes, you know? Oh yeah. More. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, it's, uh, it's, so, it's, it's honestly like, sometimes I feel like, you know, Sam in mirror image walking into the bar, oh, yeah. and looking in the mirror, like, <laughs> yeah, I have crow's feet, what? the gray what? hair, the, <laughs> yeah. When was the last time what he the hell happened here? to me? <laughs> five. Yes. Yeah. Five, five years for me. Three, three,
1: Close to three, four.
0: Uh yeah, almost four. It'll be four in
1: July. Almost That's yeah. right. Yeah. So anyway, some uh housekeeping stuff. Find us on the web uh fateswidewheel.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, all the major podcast players searching for uh Fates Wide Wheel or just searching Quantum Leap. Uh Sam has been doing some some hard work and doing some uh some stuff to get our visibility more up there on Apple Podcasts. So we're we're we're, we're like in the top two, if not the top one, if you search Quantum Leap on Apple Podcasts right now. So Thank you for that that work that you're doing there.
0: Yeah, well, um, I mean, thank you to the listeners too. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not just me, but anytime somebody gives us, you know, those five stars or writes a good review um, or hits subscribe or follow or whatever it is on their, you know, whatever their podcast catcher is, it, it helps. So yeah, um, so if you are so inclined, give us a review. Uh, and we do have we haven't got any perks set up yet, but we do
1: have a Patreon account set up, and we'll put it in our, our show notes: Patreon.com/slash FatesWideWheel. Um, if you're in some inclined, even just throw a dollar a month, yeah, uh, at us right there. Just, just, just buy my tea.
0: Right there we go. <laughs> you <laughs> know, and, and one of the things, and 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 taking a cue from another podcast I've listened to is, I will certainly say, if you happen to have, uh, you know, money that you are willing to to donate to us, don't put it into your community. Donate to a local charity. If, however, after that you want to give us some money sure. <laughs> by yeah. all means throw yeah. us a dollar a month throw us you throw know us yeah. if enough people do that then our hosting is paid for um any any technology or equipment that we need like me using perhaps a, a new webcam or something like that uh, mm. you know it'll it'll help to make us better and certainly once the pilot drops this October you know we want to be firing on all cylinders um, which also kind of goes back to mm. the reviews things if you have any comments if you have any suggestions mm. feel free to drop us a line whether you send us a direct message on our Twitter or our Facebook page whatever the case may be we are absolutely open to mm. any and all suggestions or advice especially for anyone that might have done this before or worked in any kind of video or audio production um because even though we've been doing this for you know four and a half years uh we're still, still amateurs yeah we're still we're still learning so <laughs> we're still
1: very much amateurs. also uh you can shoot us uh, an email to it uh quantum leap pod at gmail.com make sure you get po- both Ps in there with the leap and the pod don't be don't be confused by that or or just like record your voice and send us an mp3 uh, I know we're going to work on stuff, getting some stuff on the website where you can just like do that through the website. But until then, yeah. just just drop us an mp3 uh, or hit us up, whatever, and we'll we'll try to read your. Uh, uh... Something's oh, something's happening. I, I, oh, because I was just like, I, I haven't looked at our comments. Someone, uh, someone emailed us. Uh, yesterday, saying that they have the pilot script. Oh, really? And they would, and they would let us know. Some, uh Jeff Gelson of Gelson Talent. That is very, very cool. We may end up cutting this part out or blurring it out. I don't, or, or bleeping some stuff out. I don't know. Uh, but that's just interesting. That is that's interesting. interesting to know. It's very Uh... interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, uh, so uh, what are we doing this week? We talked about if something new came up. We we're going to start our capsule reviews we were. this week, starting with the pilot. Uh, but we we threw out that if something came up, we may do something different. And Sam, what's that something different?
0: Yeah, so obviously, we're really looking forward to being able to bring you those capsule reviews, uh, You know, keeping them uh, 30 minutes or less. We've got it all worked out, how we're going to do our weighted averages and, and all sorts of great stuff. And look forward to revisiting Genesis to kick things off. But... Over the past week, and and it happened even before this week, but certainly over the past week, we noticed a couple of articles, if you even want to call them that, um, from some websites and a couple of comments from people um, in Facebook groups and on Twitter that were complaining about the diversity in uh, the casting notice that was put out for the pilot. And initially, Dennis and I started talking about what we wanted to say, if we wanted to engage with any of these people, in particular on the Quantum Leap Facebook group, for instance. And, you know, I I kind of said, I I don't want to go looking for an argument or a fight because a lot of these people have obviously already made up their minds. And I don't know that we're going to change their opinion one way or the other. Um, But that if someone should come to us, then you know, let's let's talk. Let's see what yeah. happens. And funnily enough, it didn't take long for just that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was literally probably 48 hours, if that. Uh, and somebody had posted um, a comment, a reply to one of our tweets. Um, and it was actually a tweet that was unrelated to the casting notice or to the diversity of the casting notice. Sure. It was literally just a tweet promoting our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and They also posted something on the Quantum Leap subreddit, which is a weird place, to be honest with you. It almost seems as though it was a little bit more welcoming and and active like two years ago compared to what it is now. Now it just Mm -hmm. feels odd, even with the announcement of the new pilot, um, which is unfortunate because I feel like, you know, there are a lot of other subreddits that I participate in that are not that. Even subreddits Mm -hmm. for shows that are no longer on the air. Um, So when this... Comment these string of replies kind of landed at us bemoaning the forced diversity and Hollywood checking the boxes and sacrificing the story at the expense of being seen as woke. It it was kind of a clarion call for us to respond. And I don't think it's going to surprise any of our longtime listeners, where we stand on this particular issue. But we did feel it was worth devoting an episode to talking about this because not only was the discussion that we had on Twitter at sometimes a little frustrating and circular through no fault of our own, uh, but it it also made me feel like we needed to say something um, in the midst of the renewed visibility of the show and potentially of this podcast and knowing that there are new listeners coming on board. Now, obviously we're not here to try to turn anyone away. You know, we, we want people to listen. And that's the reason why we've always endeavored to try to keep the discussion thoughtful and graceful and, and kind, compassionate, thoughtful, graceful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, Kind. It's a new era. It's a we, new we, era. We we got salty sometimes,
1: but yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 We, we tried.
0: We got salty for good reason back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but, but, it, but, but no, seriously, I, I, I have definitely taken a new approach in many, many ways, you know, and part of that is for those of you that don't know, I think listeners, longtime listeners of the podcast will be familiar with this in some ways, but, um, I am uh, a recovering alcoholic and I, um, have, tried to do a lot of work over the past two years, um, to, you know, just be a better person. And, uh, part of that through recovery and therapy and, uh, watching Ted Lasso has really made me embrace a, just a different kind of perspective. And so when I saw these comments, um, the misattributed Walt Whitman quote, uh, cause he didn't say it, uh, about be curious, not judgmental, did pop into my head. And it really made me ask questions that I don't think a lot of people that might be on the same wavelength with us take the time to sometimes ask when they are confronted with people that may have ideas that seem bigoted. It's much easier to call that person a bigot. It's much easier to call that person a racist than it is to ask questions about why they feel the way that they do. Now, I think that we might come to the same conclusion, but I'd rather get there in a genuine fashion than just jump to judgment. So Mm -hmm. all of that said, we wanted to devote an episode to discussing the diversity uh, of this casting notice, uh, why representation in media matters, and what we can hope to gain from the continuing conversation that we hope will take place not only over the next you know 8 months until the pilot premieres but after it premieres and after we get to know mm-hmm. these characters even more because the important thing to note before i hand this off to you Dennis is that so many of the people making these derogatory comments towards the diversity of the casting list have not read the script or seen the show. And so when they say things about the show sacrificing story for this representation, it makes no sense whatsoever. They are making assumptions based on their bias. And that, to me, is a sign of intolerance and quite possibly ignorance. So we want to find a better way to connect all of that and we know we're not going to necessarily win anybody over. We're just two tired dads with a podcast about a sci-fi show from the 90s. But at the very least, we want to make sure everyone knows where we stand. And we would love to try to further the conversation and let people know why it's important. Absolutely. So all that said. So
1: yeah. so like, I recognize, we recognize, and you kind of tipped on it right here. We are two tired dads. We are two white cisgendered tired dads in our 40s. We are the demographic for the cliche podcasters, (laughs) sometimes the cliche problematic podcasters. So I'm a little bit self-conscious of addressing this. Not like, you know, we used to bring on different voices in some of our earlier episodes to guest star, but, you know, we are just not doing that now because of pandemic stuff and, you know, Part of their part and schedules and everything, so I'm a little bit self conscious about it. But also, I feel like uh, we are the perfect people to to talk about this in some way because, frankly, a lot of the voices that we're seeing online saying all the things that you just said are uh, white folks, and they're mostly white guys. Some white women, but they're mostly white guys who are are uh, bemoaning the 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 diversity of this of the new show of the the casting notice that came out so earlier in the week i, I saw a couple of posts that initially i mistaken the first post i saw i thought it was in our facebook group and so i i felt a responsibility yeah. to address it and then i stopped i was like oh wait it's another group so we, we we don't need to worry about addressing it just yet uh but then we kind of had a discussion of like when do we address it and everything that just sam just said earlier but then Tuesday, I saw an article in my newsfeed. I'm not going to give you the title of the article. I'm not going to give you the <laughs> website that it came from, the Twitter account. I'm not going to give this article any more air than I gave it when I briefly interacted with them on Tuesday night. But this article was so over-the-top critical of the casting notice, I thought it was satire. Yeah. It's borderline white nationalist, and I thought it was satire of that from the, from the headline to the article, and I briefly engaged with them. And like I told Sam before we hit record, I was kind of worried as I engaged with them because these seem like the kind of people that would dox you. <laughs> so we had a brief conversation like, do we engage them from 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 the Fates Wide Wheel Twitter account? And then we decided, no, I'll engage them from my personal Twitter account. That way there's there's a little bit of remove from the podcast a little bit just for for optics and i don't know what that means i don't know what the hell we're doing um but it seemed kind of of, of worth addressing now the people who wrote this article the people who are commenting on this one we are not going to win those people over right they 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 are they are hard they are hard to the right they have already decided everything that they've decided about about this new series but like you said i think i think there are a lot of people i don't think we are going to win you over immediately but I think over time, if you let what, what we say, what other voices are saying, if you let them marinate a little bit, um, hopefully we can bring you around and be new open. Uh, the, the thing that I struggle with when when I hear people talk about bemoaning, you know, casting a diversity a, a, a anything, uh, and anything, this has been going back for um, how long has Star Trek Discovery been on the air? Oh, four, gosh, four years, yeah, four four or five four years. years yeah. Everybody memoning that. Um, the thing that you got to pay attention to and notice that the only people that are critical of the diversity are white people. Right. I mean, occasionally, I mean, sometimes like I, I have seen like, like sometimes like the occasional person of color will, will, will say that this is pandering. That's a perfectly valid critique. Uh, but vast majority of the people who make these comments are white people. So you got to kind of pick that part and examine that. And like, why does it bug you so much of the idea of white people not front and center of the show? And especially on a show like Quantum Leap that did present views of, of different races, uh, women's issues. Uh, kind of touching on homosexuality, even though they kind of fumbled the ball a little bit in both of the episodes that they, that they did there, they tried. Right. Right. Um, Why does it bug you so much to see a show where you have those issues, where you see those people represented in the episodes, but they weren't the stars of the show? Why do you, why does it bug you to see people of color? Women, basically everyone but non white males at the head of the show. Right. Why does that bug you so much? And I don't, like you just said, like I don't think it is, comes from a place of malice or intentional bigotry. I just don't think you're seeing inclusiveness from another point of view other than white. Because when white, and especially white male, as far as stars of shows, have been the default for as long as the movie and television industries have been in existence, that's what you're used to seeing. Yeah. And anything else can feel forced. But for anyone who is not white, it is important to see those different voices, to see those different looks represented. I mean, I mean, there are examples of, um, I, I'm a horrible sight. Michelle Nichols,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Lieutenant horror on star Trek. Is that Michelle, her? Nic- Michelle
0: Nichols? Yeah. Nichelle, Nichelle, yeah not
1: Michelle, 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 yeah. but Michelle. Yeah. Um, how, how black girls found it so important to see her on the bridge of the enterprise. um, not more and more, we're seeing uh, transgender and non-binary characters pop up on TV shows, and we hear from those that population and like how important it is to see their 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 own people represented in TV shows. Yeah, and people of different races and whatever. Like, it is important to see that, and not just as like the guest stars of the week or the background characters but up front and center. Yeah. And it seems like if it's hitting you over the head a little bit, maybe sometimes it is a little hitting over the head with it. Uh, But I think that's okay because it's kind of an overcorrection for almost a hundred years at this point of the movie and TV industry.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's a wake up call in a way and people don't like that wake up call. Some people don't like that wake up call.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I think mentioning Star Trek is a perfect example because we're talking about a show that was very progressive for its era. And I think having a black woman in a position of authority based off the fact that she's an officer and she's on the bridge of the enterprise um, was definitely something that broke Barriers. But if you look at it through a lens of our time, which is something we've always tried to do on this podcast, is contextualize the show based on when it was set, when it aired, and when we were viewing it. And I think that Star Trek is a perfect platform for this. The hypersexualization and misogyny that played through that entire original series. And I love it. You know how much I love Star Trek. Sure, yeah. But I I cannot be blind to the fact that there are plenty of moments that uh, make me a little uncomfortable now because you do see the way that these characters are ultimately treated. And I think that that's also one of the big disconnects for some people is it's not just the fact that We have this person here on the bridge, but you have to ask yourself, what is she doing and how is she treated by the people around her? And oftentimes she was not treated in a way that told me anything about her position as an officer on the crew of the Enterprise, um, as someone who had this position of authority and um, deserved respect. Uh, and I, I think you know the same could be said for for the character of Sulu. I mean, George Takei has been very blunt about his feelings about the time that he spent on that show and how it was important at the time in 1966. But if we haven't gotten any further than that in the intervening years, then we're not doing it right. And I think that his point is incredibly valid. You know, we're talking about somebody who 20 years prior to being on that show, he was in an internment camp. And that was an anniversary that was, that was, that, that just passed actually Mm -hmm. recently was the opening of those internment camps. And so, you know, we, we like, at times, I say we, um, using you know that collective we as, as, as white people, especially as hetero, cisgendered white men, like to pat ourselves on the back for these things that have come in the past that seem to have broken barriers or been extremely progressive for their time. But if we rest on those laurels, we're not going to be doing anything to win anybody over in the future, because eventually what was past is just going to be seen as antiquated and not good enough, and that's exactly exactly what looking at a show like Star Trek the original series through today's lens looks like you know it's not that it's not that I can't appreciate the stories it's not that I can't have fun watching it because absolutely I can and I do and I'm going to introduce my kids to it and I'm going to enjoy with them but I'm also going to be able to have thoughtful conversations with them about the treatment of some of the characters and how it's wrong especially the way the women are treated on that show Um, so I, I think that sometimes like there's this idea that it's like as long as as long as there's somebody who's black, as long as there's somebody who's Asian, you know it's like that's good enough, and it's like, well, no, what will be good? good enough is when the stories that they're telling are stories that matter, and that we see them in positions that actually are meaningful, especially to the people that connect with those characters, because they share those same characteristics. Now, I, I think that one of the things that often gets missed when we talk about representation in media is the impact that this can have, especially on youngsters, when they see someone who looks like them on screen. And And if they've grown up only seeing people, let's take Dr. Bryn Prasad, the lead character from, from the new quantum leap show as our specific example, he is written to be a person of middle Eastern, North African descent. Asian American Pacific Islander is also included in the character description, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I know for a fact that he is written to be middle Eastern, North African. Like that's how the character is actually Mm. written. Now, that is integral to his character. He's a first-generation American, which is also extremely important to his character. This was a creative decision by the storytellers. This was not something that was inspired by saying, hey, let's get you know, one of those guys to be in our show. Mm-hmm. And that creative decision can have such an impact on a youngster of Middle Eastern descent who's watching this program and seeing, perhaps for one of the very first times... A character that looks like them in the lead as a genius, as a hero, not as a terrorist, not as a gas station owner, not as someone who's driving a cab or any of the other functions that we so often see people that look Mm -hmm. like that portray on television and film, and that impact can be so meaningful that it can literally change the direction of someone's life. How many young Black Americans, and I realize I say this from a place of privilege as a white male, but how many young Black Americans grew up seeing themselves on TV portrayed only as the bad guy or gangsters, never imagining that one day they could see themselves being the president of the United States, much less being the hero on a TV show, Now, thank goodness we have moved on from that. And that's not to say that there are not, there, there are absolutely places for stories like you know, Minutes to Society or Boys in the Hood or whatever. There are places for those stories because those stories are real. They are authentic. But that said, if that's all we see, if that's all we perpetuate on shows like Law and Order or NYPD Blue or whatever you know, Crime of the Week TV show is, is that they're always the bad guy. What message are we sending to young black Americans or young Middle Eastern Americans? The message is all wrong. And if we have the opportunity to create stories and to empower people to see themselves in a different light, then that is absolutely what we should be doing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or even not like, you know, mentioned like, um, you know, criminals are in a bad light, just how important it is just to bring them to the forefront, just to make them like the like the main characters, just the main part of the story. Um, and that's perfectly, I mean, we see that on a lot of, we see that on a lot of TV shows and movies right now. What the issue that we're running into is when we're seeing shows that were classically led by white men, Star Trek, Quantum Leap. It's like when we are rebooting or continuing these shows when we bring these other characters to the forefront this is when we're getting these arguments about forced diversity
0: right right and the thing is is like i'll go ahead and read these comments um i'm not going to attribute them to anyone but i'm just going to go ahead and read them When they announced the reboot, I did try to tell them that making political decisions around the show rather than creative ones would be a bad idea. There were a huge amount of people Sam met who weren't white or males, but that's because it served the story. These forced diversity castings don't sound great for roles that could be played by anyone skilled. As long as they do a good job, it doesn't matter if we end up with an all-white male cast or an all-black female cast. Hiring specific races or genders for diversity seems more like a political decision I cannot support. Okay. Here's where I get to do my John Oliver impression. Cool. Because the thing is, is that like, that is such a warped and narrow view of what actually happens in the creative process. These writers don't sit down with a checklist and say, we got to have one of those, we got to have one of those, we got to have one of those, and then reshuffle them any way that they see fit. these writers sit down and they create a story. And when they're creating the story, they ask questions. And those questions are who's this guy? His name's Ben. Okay, great. Where does Ben come from? You know what? I think Ben grew up with a single mother and uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that mother's a refugee and uh, he's, he's uh, you know, from the middle East. Um, And, you know, he's got kind of a hard life growing up, but he's really smart. Like he's genius level IQ and he succeeds and he comes to work on this amazing project that deals with time travel. And, the point I'm trying to make here is all of that's built into the character. That's sure. the character they created. So this, this notion that you know, it's done for any sort of diversity hire reason or that it's done to check a box is so wrong. And when you level a comment on any piece of art at all about political decisions, here's something that maybe you know, some people don't understand. All art is political. The minute you make a choice about anything in your script, in your play, whatever you're working on, a painting, a song, the minute you make a choice, you've made a choice based on the politics of it. And that's the world in which we live and have always lived. Because we see the political spectrum before us today. And you know, based off of everything that I've been talking about for the past 10, 15 minutes, Not that this podcast is art by any stretch, but but you know where I stand based off of Mm. the choices that I've made on what I say. Sure. The same can be said of, of any piece of art. Mm. So when I see stuff like that, it, it, it just, it makes it so difficult not to want to like, you know, to rush to that judgment to say, you know, your bias is showing to, to, to say that, um, it's clear to me that the reason why you're not on board with this is because they're not white. And the more and more you have this discussion, the more you try to ask those questions, the more and more you just kind of keep coming back to that same thing that you say, I don't understand why you're making this assumption that these choices were made independent of the story especially when you haven't seen the story. And when you say, I just want a good story, and they're sacrificing that for the characters, you don't know that because you haven't seen it and you haven't read it. So you have absolutely no idea. So what am I supposed to think when you're making such a big deal out of the way these characters look?
1: Hmm. I'm going to flip that a little bit. I'm going to say, I'm going to assume, let's say if they do sit down with a checklist and say, we need this, we need this, we need this. (laughs) I'm fine with that. I don't, I mean, like I said, if we need to do some overcorrection, let's do some overcorrection. And I see the argument all the time. like, you know, just cast the best person. Yep. Like, like if, if if the best person who auditions for the new Sam, let's call it that. If the best person who auditions for the new Sam is white, make them white. They're black, make them black. If they're whatever, make them whatever. Do you know how many, I don't know what the number is, how many actors there are, Right. At any given time in LA, New York, Vancouver, who are trying to break through or are trying to get into a role of all different nationalities, gender types, whatever. You could not audition them all and get the best person. Sometimes you know, you got to sit down and you're know, like, no, we're going to make this person this demographic. We're right. going to make this person this demographic. If we make a nice little soup and we make it diverse, who cares? Yeah.
0: I'm on board with that. You know, the, the the one thing that I can't help, but come back to is, I mean, Hamilton is one of the finest pieces of art I've ever witnessed in my entire life. I don't, I I, I mean, Mm. legitimately, I think it's one of the finest pieces of art I have ever witnessed in my entire life.
1: Mm.
0: And they made a very specific point of only casting, Mm. you know, certain people in those roles. The only white person in the cast is supposed to be King George. And they were very specific about that to the point that they got in a little bit of trouble on occasion because there's some rules in certain places that you're not supposed to post cast lists that are are done that way. And a lot of times that was done to, frankly, to protect the marginalized and the disenfranchised. It was not done to protect the white guys who are always going out there and getting cast anyway. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing too. It's like, how presumptuous of you, how arrogant of you to think that, that they're not going to cast the best actor for the job, you know? And it's like, that's the other thing too, is it's so subjective. It's such a subjective medium. Like why can't we after decades and decades and decades of showing this preference for, you know, white men to be the lead roles for our television shows, why can't we make a choice, a conscious effort to say, you know what, we do things a little differently on this one.
1: Especially considering that there, I, and I couldn't even like start to list off all of the numerous cases of, of art, of pieces of art being whitewashed with adaptations from the comic book, the graphic novel, or the novel to the screen, taking someone who was Asian or black or whatever and making them white. When you bring right. him to the big screen, uh, John Wayne
0: played Genghis Khan for God's sake, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not I mean, well, and not well. I know. mean, and I and I, I don't mind the Duke. All right, you know. Like I know, I, I, there's some John yeah. Wayne movies I like. But I know, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, countless,
1: countless examples of them whitewashing. So, like I said, if for a while,
0: if they go the other way, I'm cool with that. One of the comments that I made um, during the discussion on Twitter, um, which if you go to our Twitter account, you can follow this entire conversation through our tweets and replies, if you are so inclined, uh, is I remember some years ago, this is probably eight or nine years ago now, when I saw a casting notice here in Chicago for Streetcar Named Desire, and they were very specific about only seeking Black actors. And I remember looking at that and thinking to myself, wow. Oh, I want to do that show. Like, why can't I do that show? And I, you know, I sat with that for, for, for a minute. Um, and I, and I, you know, I had to kind of think about it and and, and say to myself, well, that's not the story that they're choosing to tell. And that's not the way that they're choosing to tell the story. And then I heard some people talking about it and, and some fellow actors that i kind of brought it up in discussion with, uh, when I went back to Indianapolis, actually, um, one of the comments that got made was they should just write their own stories. Now, first of all, when you use they that way, it feels a little icky to me.
1: <laughs>
0: second of all, <laughs> second of all, that's all well and good. But the problem I'm now seeing is the same people that would sit there and say they should write their own stories are now starting to complain when stories are being written for these characters who are black or brown or non-binary or transgender. And then I have to start to ask the question, was that really your problem? Because it starts to feel like the problem originated somewhere else. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't want that to be the problem. I don't want to sit across from someone and have this conversation and just think these horrible thoughts. You know, I want to be able to sit there and I want to be able to say there's something else at play. What is it? But the more I ask the questions and the more mm-hmm. I see these things, the more I'm left with the feeling there's not something else at play.
1: Uh-huh. And What else will say to that, I, I, honestly, I'm a tired dad. I can't remember if we had this conversation before or after we hit record. So forgive me <laughs> if I'm repeating myself. I think, um, you know, when I'm trying to change someone's mind, especially you know on a, on a big issue like this is I I have to accept, and I think we better accept the idea of like, if we have a conversation about something difficult like this and we disagree, your mind is not going to change while we were having the conversation. Yeah. Your mind may slowly marinate on it for a couple of years. Um, I was pretty conservative high school. Early college, even like just out of like, I was slowly making my way there, but a lot of my way there were conversations that I had with a couple of liberal folks just over time, just over time here and there, here and there. I'd make a stupid comment. They would gently educate me here and there, here and there. And then, you know, by the time I was in my mid twenties, I was firmly in the liberal liberal, liberal leftist, whatever you want to call us.
0: Sure.
1: Um, So you got to use the idea. You're not going to change
0: someone's mind immediately
1: with these, with these things.
0: Sure. Yeah. I I mean, that's the, that's part of the whole issue, isn't it? That change is slow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I reached out to a couple of other people because I wanted to get a perspective that wasn't my own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I reached out to uh, a female friend of mine, who's also white. Who is a casting director for uh, for a a regional theater and then I reached out to um a black male friend of mine um who you know works in television um and I asked you know what is your opinion on all of this and I actually was a little surprised by by some of the responses that I got um because there was kind of this admission of, of, you know, yeah, sometimes we are looking for something different for the sake of something different. You know, sometimes when, you know, when when we're presented with a script and I'm, I'm looking at casting choices, I, you know, I do paint a picture in my mind of saying like, I think it would be interesting if we went with this. Um, But that ultimately the conclusion is that if we on occasion do diversity for diversity's sake if it moves us forward at all then it was still worth it and you know it's the same thing with, with this writer friend of mine you know he he said that he has seen and let's and let's be completely honest here with quantum leap we're talking about two white showrunners um who report to a white network executive. And one of the things that, you know, he was saying is that like, at the end of the day, when you're still seeing that be the case, sometimes it's hard to look past this notion that they, that they're Mm -hmm. just checking boxes or that they're trying to, you know, serve something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that he said, he knows Martin Garrow and he said, he's like, you know, that's not Martin. Like that's, you know, Martin genuinely deeply cares about the story of these characters and that, you know, that it is important. Um, and, And I think that that, again, is one of the things that I kind of kept coming back to is it's just sort of like you haven't seen the show. You haven't read the script. How can you possibly be complaining about the quality of the story? Because you don't know what the quality of the story is. And so again, you, you know, you just get left with this notion of like saying, well, if someone is relying so heavily on their bias to inform these decisions that they're making and inform the arguments that they're making, which turn out to be very circular and very repetitive and never really go anywhere or provide any sort of evidence to back them up, then I'm just kind of left with this feeling of like saying like, okay, well, how do how do we break through that? You know, how do we break past the bias that it clearly exists here? And and i don't know i'm i mean i'm at a complete loss for that but what i do know is that there are enough studies out there current studies that show exactly what we were talking about earlier you know common sense media did a study recently on the importance of representation and why it matters in the media and in particular how it impacts young children um and being able to you know i, I mean even even like moana and and um you know, in Kanto, you, you know, like these things matter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, absolutely, it matters. And and UCLA uh, actually recently just did a study on how diversity uh, actually means bigger box office, that on average, you know, films were making sometimes up to 27% more uh, money when their casts were more diverse versus casts that were all white. So, you know, there's this, there's this, Falsehood that's out there about uh, you know network suffering or or box office suffering for, for this diversity and it's simply not true. No, I mean a couple. Of, I mean you get a couple of flops every now and then, yeah, and
1: that's everybody the is. I know that's just the <laughs> business, but everybody loves to bring up those flops. Uh, like more specifically, like the Eternals, right? Which I I I have I not mm-hmm. seen uh, just for lack of. I've I've I just hit the point. I'm, I'm at Marvel burnout. There are so still much still new- has still has a yeah.
0: white male lead, by the way. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, everybody likes to
1: point to that uh, without pointing to Shang-Chi. Right. Which everybody had the same complaints about. A lot of the toxic fanboys said it was going to flop and it was huge. And I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but artistically, I would put
0: that up there in my top five Marvel movies. Yeah. Look, the the big one to always point to, I feel like is Black Panther. I mean, we were able to witness, you know, through videos, through tweets, through all sorts of things how incredibly impactful that film was in particular on young black males and, and, and young black women as well. You know, I mean, a character like Shuri really influenced a lot of, uh, because of such a positive, you know, role model in so many ways. And, and, and obviously, you know, we, we were literally recording when Chadwick Boseman died and we took mm-hmm. time to actually take a moment and talk about it while we were recording. Sure. And I mean, you saw the impact that his passing had. And, and, and this is not to belittle the the, Rest of his career which he made some amazing films and had some incredible performances but so much of that even to the way that he was talked about as a king and and wakanda forever trending and all this sort of stuff had to do with the impact of that film so there's so there, there's so much evidence out there especially recently about why this is so important and when i see people trying to put it in their sights, so to speak, you know, to, to, to take a hit at it, um, it, it, it's hard for me to understand. And I want to understand. And like I said, I want to understand in a way that doesn't lead me to saying, you have bigoted ideas, you have yeah. racist ideas, because I also like to think, you know, that the person is not racist, that the person is not bigoted. It's the ideas, it's the policies, it's the, you know, it's, it's everything else. Um, you know, that people have the ability to change. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you know, I mean, that's the thing about this show when we talk about the classic series and we talk about the lives that Sam touched, he was able to affect change and dealt head on with racism and did that with characters that were set in their ways. The first truly great episode of the series had to do with just that mm-hmm. and 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 I think that to me, it doesn't compute when fans of this series are unable to comprehend a mm-hmm. more diverse roster of characters. Mm-hmm. i I think that there's potential to see sam if that's the case then there's potential to see sam as a white savior trope which is valid. i mean
1: come on i mean we've talked about this a lot in our old episodes right it's not i mean yes i mean that that is like you know we we, we contextualized the the show when we did our original reviews and yeah a lot of them by today's standards they do fall into the white savior trope.
0: The one saving grace of that, I feel like, and it's the one thing that's so interesting about the show, is that the gimmick of the idea that other people don't see him as white in those roles. Sure. You know, and he's Jesse Tyler, or in black and white on fire. Sure. You know, is it, and so it makes it a little bit more interesting than I think mm-hmm. if it was just a white guy walking into town saving the day. Um sure. But at the end of the day, it is still a white guy saving the day. Walking uh, into the, Yeah so but but, but I, I, besides all that i think that the you know the, the the joke that we have had multiple times and and that you you've expressed a couple of times even recently is that, like you just want to kind of ask did you even watch the show yeah did you yeah. Yeah. you know and there was and, and i will address this one critique cuz this is the
1: one critique that i see it may hold a little bit of water maybe a little bit and then I want to try to give a counterpoint. I've seen one argument on Facebook is that like the original quantum leap works and they think the new quantum leap would work. You need Sam to be a naive farm boy, white guy to see these other people's perspectives. And like he's learning, he's learning something about other
0: perspectives.
1: I, I can kind of see that argument a little bit, but also, I think with this new series, by, by, by putting some, a non-white person in the role, I think I will be surprised if this not, does not become the case, if this does not become a, a running uh, – I don't know if a running trend is the right word. But if this is not a regular thing that we see on the new show, is this new, car- this new non-white leaper leaping into white people. hmm and seeing how a lot of things are easier just because of white privilege.
0: Sure. You know, I'm 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 glad you brought that up because I do think that that's one of the things that we haven't really talked uh, about, it, it, you know, the notion of white privilege. We've kind of hinted at it a couple of times. And I think that so much of this instant reaction to seeing a cast list like this really speaks to your white privilege. You know, it's like if you're having that reaction, you know, I mean, you you're you're speaking from a very privileged place mm. because there are scores of people out there that literally cannot even have the same feeling that you were having because they look at a cast list like that and they are incapable of feeling the same way that you're feeling. And you're able to feel that and express that because it's the way it's been for years and years and years and years and years. And, years. and you've mm. always been able to sit in a position that allows you to see yourself. One of the other things that I wanted to bring up in a lot of the studies that I was reading about, because I tried to inform myself as much as I could, the impact that seeing these characters on television has on the children or the adults that look like those characters is undeniable. And we've already spoken about it. But the impact that it has on people like you and I, Dennis, is almost just as important mm-hmm. because it expands our worldview. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, we're able to see and appreciate people who don't look like us in a different light. Because mm-hmm. if you think for one second that after seeing young black males paraded as you know gangbangers year after year after year on tv and in film hasn't influenced the way that a lot of white people look at young black males you're out of your mind Mm -hmm. so to be able to see these characters presented in positive lights will not only impact again those young people or those old you know adults who who look like that character but also has the opportunity to teach us something that maybe we Mm -hmm. didn't know beforehand And that's one of the reasons why I am so, so interested to see what they do with the character of Ian, who we know is the non-binary character Mm -hmm. in the show. They are the computer technician. They are the one responsible for, you know, basically keeping Ziggy going. And to see how that character is connected and woven into the fabric of the story, uh, I think is something that I'm, I'm intrigued by. This idea that we're talking about someone who who has dealt with alienation all their life to the point where now they can really only connect with technology, I think speaks volumes about the way that so many people in those shoes have felt. And to be able to show that to viewers, to be able to say, this is, the, this is how it is for some people that deal with this. This is how it is for some people that grow up in an identity that is not who they are. I think that that's incredibly powerful and has the potential to be one of the most interesting and important characters in the show in some ways. So I obviously am thrilled Thrilled with the diversity and the representation in this casting notice, and we haven't even talked about the fact that we have, you know, that 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 our um, our observer is a woman and a military veteran at that, which I think is mm-hmm. fascinating. The other thing that made no sense to me is that people were complaining about you know checking the boxes and having a black character, and I just thought to myself, and I even said this at one point. I was like, "You do realize that magic was in the original it's a series? It's a callback to the old show. Magic yeah. was." black. So opening up that casting to just anybody, like, yeah, I I mean, that would basically be like saying like, like, you know, to flip it around for a second, it's just sort of like, so, so you're saying that we should audition black actors for Spock then like, you're okay with that. Like, you know what I mean? Because, Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a much bigger character. I understand that, but the idea that, you know, you take a prior, you know, established character and all of a sudden you just want everybody to be able to audition for him. It's like, well, you're the same people that complain when, you know, Superman, the notion that Superman might not be white or Spider Man might not be white in a movie or whatever, you complain about that. And now you're sitting here and you're saying, like, we should open up the casting for magic. It's like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. And, and I'll,
1: I'll, I'll jump back to, to Ian and then maybe we should start wrapping us up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our, our promised time limit. Have you seen Billions on Showtime? I unfortunately have not. Uh, so I discovered it early after Dexter ended. I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) If you're watching this on video, you just saw the look on my face. Uh, After Dexter ended, I I switched over, I started watching Billions, and I burned through like five seasons of the show. I have never burned through a show faster than that. But there's a non-binary character Mm. on Billions by the name of Taylor Mason played by non-binary actor Asia Kate Dillon. I think her, uh, sorry, their other big credit is um, uh, Orange is the New Black. Mm, mm. and i stopped watching that show after the first season but the thing that i i love about the characterization of them on this show is that the creators made a very conscious choice to very rarely make commentary on the fact that Mm. taylor is not binary sure you're dealing with hedge fund Frat bros who you could very easily imagine them misgendering Taylor and calling them by the pro- wrong pronouns sure. in a cruel manner at any given moment. And they go out of their way to not. Right. Like, even when there are conversations behind Taylor's back. And there are a lot of conversations because a lot of people don't like Taylor for for a lot of reasons on the show. But even when they're talking about them behind their back, that they, their pronouns just flow out of their mouth. There is no awkwardness to it. Uh, Everybody on that show is a piece of shit. (laughs) But only the real pieces of shit purposefully misgender them. Yeah and i kind of hope i'm kind of hoping maybe that a lot of times like they the, and i and this is a long-winded way of saying i hope the new show like makes commentary on it by not making commentary on it and just letting it be
0: sure well i think that there are a lot of ways to be able to tell that character story that don't necessarily you know that don't necessarily do that like what you're saying. I I think that there are wonderful ways to portray them in a way that I think will be relatable and, and identifiable. Um, while also, you know, not forgetting the fact that this person, again, I mean, there's got to be a reason why they, uh, feel more connected to this technology than they do to the the humans around them. And I think Mm. being able to explore that potentially is, like I said, is interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I I had a thought and it, and it disappeared from me, uh, which which sucks because I think it might have been a halfway decent one. Um, oh, it was about pronouns. So you know, pronoun usage. It's it, I, I, one of the things that I noticed in some of the discussions that I was following, which did not go well and and involved people basically just hollering at one another. And I will have to say, all due respect to the people that I spoke with on Twitter, because the conversation was respectful. There was never a time when it devolved into name-calling. There was never a time when it felt aggressive in any manner. It did feel like an exchange of ideas. Ideas that I didn't agree with and that they didn't agree with. And that's fine, but it was an exchange of ideas. And I, and I really appreciate that. And I appreciate, I don't want to name them because, you know, I don't have their permission. So again, you you can go find the Twitter exchange if you want to, Uh, but I felt, I felt they were very respectful and I really appreciate that. And I, uh, even if I cannot agree with, with their position um, and I have questions about why they might feel the way that they do, I, I respect very much. So the way that they handled it. But in some of the other conversations that I saw, uh people were, you know, again, being very negative, very hostile, very aggressive. And one of the things that I saw from people that were complaining about the diversity in the casting notice is that somebody that was mentioning something, uh, you know, had their pronouns listed in their profile, naturally. And the person said, they always have their pronouns, don't they? In a very derogatory manner.
1: Oh, I will I'll call it out. That was me. That was our yeah. conversation.
0: Yeah. So and that, the was, thing-
1: that, was, that was me engaging with the with the other folks. Yeah. And I I, I- I cannot tell you how many times when I get into any conversation with anyone or not even one. Uh, I, I have a TikTok account where sometimes I will post very vulnerable things about like 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 my childhood or growing up or something or whatever. And no matter what I post about it, if I post anything vulnerable. There is always a troll in the comments. Yeah, that call out that
0: I have my he/him pronouns in my bio. And the thing that I have to say about that is. I didn't have my pronouns in my bio until maybe about two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I put it in my bio on Facebook. It's on my Twitter. It's, it's in my emails, you know, I I do it now. I have a friend of mine who identifies as non-binary and they were, um, they, they use both they, them, and, and she, her pronouns. So, so if I go back and forth, that's why I'm that's doing right. it, sure. not, you yeah. know, not out of any insensitivity. And, and so one of the things that she had um, posted on Facebook that really hit me uh, talked about how listing pronouns was important for everyone and not just mm-hmm. people uh, of the trans community or non-binary community, because it normalizes it. Mm-hmm. it. It makes it seem less other, less alien, less something that, that unlike the people that were talking to you, aren't going to attack to when it becomes normalized. And that's part mm-hmm. of this whole discussion. So when we normalize these things, then there's not something there for people to attack basically, because it's, it's normal. And, and, and I'm not doing justice what they had written, oh, sure. but uh, it hit me. And, and I, I literally went out and did it that day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, it had not been for any lack of, understanding and appreciation for people that feel that they have to post their pronouns. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, there was no insensitivity about that on my part. It's just that I didn't necessarily understand that one of the things that we should be doing is normalizing the use of pronouns um, and how important it is. So uh, I see it as something that's very important. And, and again, for people to ridicule that in any way, shape or form, it's just one of those things where I scratch my head and they say, why? Before we finish, I do want to go ahead for those that hadn't um, had the opportunity to read it um, because I do feel passionately about it. And it is something that I, that I took the time to consider. And I feel like I haven't necessarily done a lot of asking of questions over the past 45 minutes,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, and, and I do want to hold true uh, ultimately to, to my goal, which again is to ask questions in response to the comments about Mm -hmm. the diversity of the casting. I'm often curious when I read comments such as these. I wonder where it's coming from. Why is there an issue with a notion of diversity and representation? Why do those that make these comments tend to fall back on the rhetoric of, as long as it's good, I won't care? If that were truly the case, would the view be held to begin with? Wouldn't they simply wait until the show premieres and then rail against the perceived quality of the program? Or is there something deeper at play? Is there some sort of inherent threat in the diversity of a casting notice? Could it be that a creator's intent to share a non-normative roster of characters impedes on some deeply rooted belief that the world must look like the beholder? And if so, where does that leave the youngster of Middle Eastern descent that's only seen people that look like them portray terrorists or racially insensitive caricatures? What a privilege people that look like me have had to see their heroes share the outward and, in most cases, inward characteristics of myself. But wouldn't it be better for all of us if we saw a broader tapestry of stories and characters out there? Wouldn't we all find something special in that diversity? Wouldn't the privileged be able to do away with prejudices influenced by decades of stereotyping? Wouldn't the marginalized be able to sit up a little straighter and seeing their heroes look like them? Wouldn't their confidence grow knowing that society doesn't only see them as the bad guy or the third person from the left? And wouldn't the privilege to be more accepting of those that were different from them, knowing that they had much more to offer than being a bad guy or background noise? Wouldn't we find a more harmonious balance of cultures and viewpoints in knowing that a world such as the one envisioned by this simple casting notice implies? I'd like to think so. I really would. It's. Cue Fred Beeman.
1: <laughs> and good morning, Peoria. <laughs> oh, no, it's not the same. We fought for freedom. <laughs> Come on, Fred. Come on, Fred. Let's go home. Oh man! <laughs> when I read it, that's what I. That's what I imagined. That's the same vibe as Sam reading off uh, the editorial at the end of Good Morning, Victoria. Anyway,
0: I digress. Yeah. Well. I think I, I think I think I think I you know I've certainly said just about all all I could say and yeah. all anybody wants to hear me say we've um, gilded this Lily, yeah yeah but again we felt it was important to have the discussion yeah. on the podcast and not just necessarily leave it to the Twitterverse um, and again it was not necessarily a conversation we were going to engage with until it came to us and like I said it didn't take long so we felt like in a way you know we're fans. First, that's all there is. We're just two guys mm-hmm. with a microphone, two idiots with a microphone, two tired dads with a microphone. Whatever you want to call us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, with this new project on the way, we do feel like we have a bit of a responsibility. And part of that responsibility, in addition to sharing information with you and having fun and doing these, you know, revisiting of of the uh, classic series, uh, the, the capsule reviews that we want to do before the pilot comes out. Um is to also engage with these discussions that surround it. So um, we understand that this is an episode that might not necessarily be for everyone. And that's okay. Um, if you disagree with us on all counts and you know, you want to get angry and, and come at us. Um, I actually request that you don't. Uh, and one of the reasons why I say that is because I can say full heartedly that we're not for you and that's Okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to us. If you want to hate listen to us and continue to disagree with everything we say, have at it. The downloads are great. But yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if 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 you agree with some of what we've said and you want to stick with us and, and you want to see what else comes up, awesome. I can't wait to have you along for the ride. If you agree with everything we said passionately and you want to support the same things, then make your voices heard. Because I think that one of the things that happens so often is that the voices that are heard most often are the ones that are the detractors. And I want this creative team who seem like incredible, wonderful human beings to be able to hear all of the people that are in support of the decisions they're making, which includes creating this incredibly diverse roster of characters to present this new story for 2022 eyes and ears uh, of Quantum Leap and to continue the, the the story of Sam Beckett and and and, you know... We'll see what happens. See what happens. On that note, I think you've summed
1: it up perfectly. We should leap out of here again. FateWideWheel.com, Faithwidewheel on all the podcatchers. And if you are so inclined, uh, give us a follow. Give us a review. Send us, send us some love. Send us uh, your comments, your hate mail.
0: <laughs> and if you do, do make it. a donation to some charity in your community and you want to do it on honor of us you can put down Fate's Wide Wheel you I can think do that that'd be, that'd be neat down. you know that, that'd be a weird thing sure, sure. <laughs> that'd be a weird thing and after you've done <laughs> that weird. you know then join our Patreon <laughs> join it yes
1: alright let's keep out of here thanks very much next week uh, next week uh, unless something else comes up then we'll we'll start with the, the capsule review starting
0: with Genesis absolutely alright All right. take care of yourselves take care, take care of one another all right, right.